sex education bill. It's a podcast. It comes out every week. So here's another one. Ho, ho, hello, and welcome to a very merry, festive edition of Lex Education, the comedy Christmas, science Christmas, pod Christmas cast, where comedian Christmas Laura Lex tries to learn Christmas science from her Christmas brother Ron Christmas. Christmas, I'm Ron. <laughs> I'm so giddy, Ron. Do you want to, uh, I came up with a great um, alternate uh, intro for us. Yeah. For the Christmas episode. It's a bit of a deep cut, but um, you are what the French call uh, l'ex-education. What? You know, like from Home Alone? You are what the, the French call les incompetents. Oh, yes. Well, cut okay. that out. That went down like a sack <laughs> of shit. <laughs> I mean, that, was, that wasn't so much as a deep cut as like archaeologically dredged out. Well, you say that, but actually um, procrastinating doing the research for this, I was um, Googling Christmas movie quotes for the intro. Went with the yeah. Pogues. We all loved it. Um, and that was like number one on two lists. But it's nothing to do with Christmas. No, but it happens in Home Alone. Yeah, but there's so many other better quotes from Home Alone. Like what, though? Um, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. That's from Home Alone too. Kevin! That's just his name. <laughs> no, but that's the bit, you know. Kevin! Yeah, but there's not really a quote, that's the character's <laughs> name. Yeah, I get that that's a scene. <laughs> but, like, you know, him slapping his cheeks, that's not a quote. No, that's true. Um, what else is it? What else is a good quote from her? Maybe it's not very quotable. Uh... We're the wet band. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there isn't one. Maybe you're right, Ron. Maybe you are what the French call les incompetents. Buzz's girlfriend, woof. That's my most quoted part of Home Alone. Yeah, that is a good one, to be fair. Um... <laughs> I've, I'm dressed as Father Christmas. And I've, Are you wearing that horrible nylon sandal? Yeah, that I got from Astor in Bedminster that time when you lived in Bristol. Yeah. And I've put a Santa hat over the top of the Santa hood that the nighty. Yeah, you've got kind of a in. Professor Quirrell vibe going on. Oh, I'd love to be Professor Quirrell. Yeah, dead in the first um, round. Great. <laughs> Legend. Um, and he's got a cool lizard. A lizard? In the film, yeah. He's holding an iguana in one scene. Mm, I don't really remember the films that much. I never liked them, so I never paid them much attention. Did I not? It's because there's like a beautiful setting that was really well made and then just everything happening in it was just dog shit. Yeah, it was. They're just bad and floppy and I never particularly like child actors. And as much as I love what the cast have gone on to do. Like, I like old Danny Rad in stuff now. Emmy Watts, Our she's Grimps. killing it. Rupee Grinds, he's alleged. Owns an ice cream van. Married to the girl from Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging. He's living his best life, but they just, they, they, uh, they're not, they're, as child actors, not my faves. Not brill. Um, yeah. So, 
It's Christmas. So, what have you got for us today, Professor Ronks? Today, um, so, we were going to do a triple science view on reindeer flight. Yes. We're not Why do you mean we were going to? I thought we were. Well, we're just not going to do triple science. No chemistry. No physics those, either. Those reindeers, they've got no sexy chemistry between them. Oh, Vixen, do you want to kiss? No, I don't, dancer. End of the sketch. We've got no chemistry. And that, because we've got no chemistry, there will be no physics either. Physics meaning sex for sex. Giddy! That was bad, Laura. <laughs> yeah, because there was no chemistry. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was thinking... You see those sleigh bells ring-a-ding, ding 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 um, Yeah, I was thinking it's, it's the end of term. Yeah, it is. We only and like guess what? biology. I'm not coming back for the next term. <laughs> Fuck it all. <laughs> I'm just going to play truant after the new year. I'm not coming back. And every lesson, you can do the register and you'll say, Laura, and I won't be there. And you'll, you'll just have to go through the motions like a sad grey boy. I won't. <laughs> then you'll and, get fired. And no one would listen. <laughs> Um, I wonder, do you think people would listen for a little while? If it was just me sadly explaining science alone to myself. <laughs> yeah. And and talking about how much you miss me. Maybe. I'll still do the editing and put them up and everything. I'm just not coming to the lessons anymore. <laughs> but each each day at the beginning of the lesson, you can read out a note from my parent telling you why I'm not there. <laughs> Actually, it'll be from Mackie. <laughs> She'll write to you. Laura's got a tummy ache and she's not coming to school. Giddy! Giddy! Yeah, so it's the end of term. We only really like biology anyway. Yeah. Let's just have a bit of fun. And also, I spent so much of the last episode just running through equations. I didn't think anyone would want me to do that. Again. That's our favourite bit, Ron. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not. it's not even a little bit at no. all. So what we're going to do is we are going to discuss reindeer flight. Laura, focus yeah. up. I'm listening. Focus, what are you playing with? Nothing. I've not got a thing in my hands. Are you playing Look with your nail varnish? Nails yes. Yeah, <laughs> you are. Okay, stop <laughs> doing that. <laughs> I wasn't really playing with it. No, I was you were just gazing at it, at it like a magpie. <laughs> we're still listening. Right. So we're going to come at it from a speculative evolution point, okay? What would we have to make fuck a reindeer to get it to fly? No, what would we have to do to a population of reindeer to get them to fly? I see. How much money do we have to offer those <laughs> bastards? <laughs> so... First off, we'll set the scene. We'll just talk a little bit about how evolution works. Yes. What are you reading? Nothing. I'm I'm looking at you intently. <laughs> you just had a very vacant expression. Yeah. If I'm honest, my eyes went out of focus. Like one of the hyenas from the Lion King. Go back in focus. <laughs> they just did that phasing out thing. It's because of this eye twitch. I can't get rid of my eye twitch, Ron. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. 
Yeah, you've got kind of the, you know, Ed, Eddie from The Lion King. <laughs> yeah. That's the, your Aww. kind of vibe today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here in my log cabin dressed as Santa, though. Wonderful. We decided we were going to get dressed up festive for this. Ron's just wrapped some red tape around his head. And I have built a log cabin single-handedly and dressed up as... Well, basically one and a half Santas. You gave me seven minutes to prepare (laughs) after I'd spent an hour and a half preparing the lesson. But you should have just known. You should have just felt vibes in the air. I don't own a Christmas jumper. I barely own Christmas decorations. When are you going to grow up? I'm growing down. You're just living a sad grey life. Get on with board with being giddy. No, shut up. My laptop's signed out because we've been giddy for so long. (laughs) Giddy up, giddy up, giddy. We're so giddy. Everybody's giddy. Yes. So, evolution is driven by... What are you... Come on. I'm I'm listening. Just finish a fucking sentence. I've got nothing to latch on to at the moment. So, evolution is driven by many things, but at its core... It's, it's, it's driven by what's known as a selective pressure. Okay. Yes. So, like, lots of people want to fuck me because I'm fun and juicy. So, if I had babies, they would be fun and juicy. Whereas people who are not fun and juicy do not have babies and they die. And that doesn't get selected. Um. That's basically Darwin in a nutshell. Uh, Like, if you're a turtle and you've got a long... I don't know, what would make a turtle better? You've got uh, a long neck (laughs) so you can get to food that other turtles can't get to. And then you've got loads more protein in you because of your long turtly neck. And then you end up having an extra breeding season on other turtles. And then all your babies get that long neck and then they survive. And then eventually turtles just have a long neck. That actually was a very good description. That's basically what I was saying about me. But it was just weird what you were saying before. (laughs) (laughs) It was impenetrably weird. Uh, But you know what's not impenetrable? Fun juicy girls! (laughs) Giddy! So, selective pressures um, can be carrots and they can be sticks, if you know that expression. I've heard of carrots and sticks. A carrot is something that leads you on. A stick is something that pushes you. Like, it's it's a, a carrot is... Well, who would you push with a stick? Well, because you're getting hit by the stick, so you move away from oh, it. Oh, I see. I thought you were... Sticks like, are negative, carrots a... are good. Ah, oh, poor sticks. I quite like a stick. Um, I wonder what you'd use if it was dogs, because they like sticks, so sticks would be the positive, and... Um, what would well, they don't negative? like carrots, so... Yeah, you'd have to reverse this for dogs, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> but luckily Uh-oh. we're talking about reindeer, so, so if you're it's a fine. dog having a listen, imagine what Ron's saying in the reverse direction. So, what you are talking about there with the... Where are you? What are you doing? Juiciness! With, um, with the turtle, with the sexy long neck. Yeah. That would be a carrot, wouldn't it? I yeah. have a nice long neck. I can get more food. 
that is a selective pressure on my species to get longer necks so they can get more food. Can you think of a selective pressure that would be a stick? Yeah, like say the turtle has a very thin shell, then everything any other turtle said that was negative would really get to that turtle and it would impair its self-esteem and then the turtle wouldn't really be very outgoing and probably wouldn't breed very much because it was nervous to put itself out there. Yeah, I mean, you're really putting yourself into these turtles, aren't you? (laughs) I'd love a longer neck. Um, No, (laughs) let's say a turtle did have a soft shell, though. There's that bit, isn't there? Because turtles are born up the beach and then they have to do that night run down to the sea and all the gulls start getting them. So if you've got a soft, thin shell, you're going to get crunched and munched. Never even made it to the sea. Exactly, yeah. So getting food and water, that's probably the biggest encompassing carrot there is predation is probably the biggest stick that there is trying to not die yeah yes ron um (laughs) the 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 other thing that we need to understand is that survival of the fittest happens at a population level not at an individual level stop it you're going to choke (laughs) What do you mean, at a population level? I've got a Kirby griff on my lips. Yeah, put it down. <laughs> Sit on your hands for a bit. I'm so giddy. I know. Um, what, what do you mean, at a population level? So, so, like, one long neck does not a turtle make. You need eight turtles with long necks to start making a difference. No, so that one turtle... Is that how you make a new species? What? Like, that turtle might wander off and become a kangaroo because it's developed, that family went weird. Well, no, because you need more than one, which is why I'm saying it's about populations rather than individuals. Well, that's what I just said. No, you said the one with the long neck goes away and becomes a kangaroo. Yes. (laughs) But I said that because I said one long neck does not a turtle make, so it doesn't affect the whole turtle population. Well, no, because again, I'm saying it happens at a population level. It does affect the whole population. Wait, I don't know what you're talking about. No, because you keep on interrupting me when I'm a third of the way into the sentence. It's not interrupting. I'm joining in to see if I already know. And in this case, for once, I didn't. No. So So let's take our long-necked turtle. Oddly, the the example that I had written down, I was going to talk about giraffes, but we can talk about um, uh, turtles with long necks. Giraffes fight with their necks, don't they? What a good episode of Attenborough that was. It was good, yes. So, doof, doof. Those that's them fighting. If you're remembering it, that is exactly what it sounded like. Doof. So the turtle with the long neck eats. Turtle more... with the long neck. That sounds like some sort of '80s song, doesn't it? And it's actually about a business lady. <laughs> so the turtle with the long neck. Eats more food, survives, passes on its genes. The long neck genes are now in the gene pool. The gene pool has become fitter. Yeah. If there was another group of turtles in a different pond and they don't have this long neck gene, 
the, the long-necked turtles are fitter than the other ones. You see, it happens at a group level because their genes disseminate through the group. Mm-hmm. When you say pool, do you mean like a pool, like a family, or are they in a different pond? I did say pool twice there in two different contexts, and I'm sorry for that. A gene pool's a thing. Yeah. A water pool is a thing. Yeah. Which yeah. one do you mean? I used it in both contexts in that oh. sentence. Oh. So, what's happening? <laughs> Some turtles are in a different pond and can't get into shagging the long neckers. Yeah, so they so don't they have are... the long neck gene. Yeah. So what does that mean for evolution? So Are they turning into kangaroos now? What I'm saying is just don't think about individual turtles with... Don't think about one chad turtle that has a long neck right think about the group of turtles that now have a tendency for long necks yeah yeah what now what what i'm okay i'll just think about them for a while well no we're just like i'm just saying this like we're just talking about evolution yeah. Yeah. I thought I'd already explained evolution like 20 minutes ago. Well, no, because, for example, in your um, uh, in the example that you gave, you were talking about you and your loose ways. <laughs> it's not about just one individual. It's about the population. Yeah. But then what I'm saying is my sexy, juicy kids, they would be part of the gene pool now. You're saying yeah, <laughs> and then not following it up. How am I different? How is me being funny and juicy any different to a turtle with a long neck? It's not, because as I'm saying, it's not about the turtle with the long neck. It's about the population of turtles. Are you hearing me, Laura? Can yeah, you hear but me? I think I'm saying the same thing. No, you're not. You keep on I think sa- I am. No, you keep on saying yeah and then yeah. saying a different thing. <laughs> no! What is different? I'm saying I'm a funny, juicy lady. There we go! Then, no! Right, right, hang on, but I'm like the original turtle that had a slightly longer neck. Again! And then we're just putting a tendency... Because that's got to come from somewhere, Ron. It's a chicken and an egg yes, situation. Yes, it happens to the population. Yeah, but how does a population get made by one doing the banging? No, you keep saying yeah and then going <laughs> back to the individual. It's not about the individual. It has to be because a population is made up of individuals. Yes, but you have a population of... Um, oh, you just said yes and then you went back to the thing you weren't thinking about. Shut Goodbye. up. <laughs> um, right, so you've got like this population of turtles... Yeah. Or you've What's got the population, population of, of, like, fucking munchkins or wherever you are, right? Yeah. You're not the only one in this, okay? Yeah. All of the munchkins in your group are on a bell curve of sluttiness. You just happen to be at the top end. So, yes, sure, you're top of the tree, great, top shagger, well done. But everyone on there is also contributing and pushing it on. There'll be someone that is just like one rung down from you. They will also disseminate their genes. A selective pressure works on the group and pushes the whole population that way. It's not about the individual. Same with long necks. 
There's one turtle that has the longest neck, and I'll give you that. They're, they're out there in the sea. There is a turtle munching on kelp, going around, shagging all the turtle ladies or men, having a great time. That turtle doesn't even know. That's mind-blowing. Turtle with the longest neck. But there is a turtle with the second longest neck and third longest neck. And if that, if there is a selective pressure making long necks good, they are all contributing to that. Yeah, especially that one. You get so riled up over the weirdest things, Ron. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're a furious little boy. Oh, yeah. This is meant to be our Christmas fun. Yeah. Well, okay, let's move on to reindeer. Okay. All right. How do we They've get got long necks? How do we get reindeer to fly? We put lots of tigers on the floor. Well, we'll come back to that later. There are a few things that we need to do before a reindeer can fly. Can you think Helmets. of any of these things? We all need to believe because that is what the magic runs on. Christmas magic. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. You think of any changes that would need to happen to a reindeer to get it to be able to fly? Mm, wings. <laughs> yeah, that's wings one. Wings or some kind of sail, like a flying squirrel. Wings is one. Put your pen mm. down. Why? Because you're being distracting with it. <laughs> I'm just talking to you. You had a pen moustache and you know it. <laughs> Um, but I still, I still said the right answer. So yeah, it needs to develop wings, but work that back a step. What does it need to do before it can develop wings? Want to develop wings. No, nothing in evolution wants to do anything. Oh, this is... I hate it when you make it not about feelings. Um, radioactivity? No. Needs to need to want to fly. No, work it back. Before it can have wings, what does it need before that? Arms? Shoulders. Head, shoulders, knees and toes. Knees and toes. Well, it's already got front legs, hasn't it? Yeah? Yeah? Needs middle legs? No, but it's not just going to grow two new limbs, is it? I don't know. Well, think about birds or bats. Have yeah. they grown their wings out of the sides of their bodies and just their old limbs fell off? What do you mean their old limbs? Well, do you know, well, you know like a bat, before it was a bat, was just looked like a rat or something. It was like a little tree. What? Bone. Where do you think bats came from? Oh, I don't know, they're bat grandparents. Yeah, where do you think those bats came from? Oh, fucking long-necked turtles, probably, but not one turtle. All the turtles pulled together and bought a bat. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. What do you mean? Like, a, a bat used to be a deer? No, a bat used to be something like a flying fox, and a flying fox used to be, like, something like a little tree monkey thing. How do you know that everything didn't have wings and some things have just developed legs? The fossil record and simple, <laughs> simple logic... What do you mean, simple, simple logic? There's way more space in the sky than on the ground. Powered flight has only been developed by four groups of things. It's not very common. 
Oh. What's that then? Us? No, biologically. Insects, pterosaurs, birds, bats. What's a, a pterosaur's a flying dinosaur? Pterodactyl, yeah. Hmm. What was the question? So, do they have to turn their antlers into wings? No. Well, I dropped my pen. What, was um, a, what, what were birds before they were birds? Mice? No, they were dinosaurs. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. They were like little, um, little like velociraptor-looking things. Oh yeah, because they think dinosaurs were feathery, don't they? They know dinosaurs were feathery. They can't know anything. Everything's a theory. That's not true. Okay. Look um, at these socks I've just found. Yes. They're very good, Laura. <laughs> Ron, you're not being jingle jangly Christmas. No, um, not. <laughs> You see those sleigh bells ring-a-ding-ding-ding-ding-a-ling. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, so... So birds used to be dinosaurs, right? They used to look a bit... Brilliant. Like... Well, see, how am I supposed to be jingly-jangly Christmas when you're being confrontational like that? I'm not being confrontational. That wasn't confrontational. I was agreeing with you. No, you were brilliant. <sighs> Sorry, tone police. So birds used to be dinosaurs... They used to look a little bit like a velociraptor. A velociraptor had little shrimpy arms, you know, uh, like a T-Rex. I got a big head and little arms. Got a big head and little arms. <laughs> oh, me the sure Robinsons. Um, what a great film. So those little arms evolved into wings. Why? So that it could fly. Okay, how did that happen then? What do you mean? So I understand how a long neck gets you a long neck. How does a little funny little arm become a wing over time? So you have um, they had feathers already. Feathers are just modified scales. Um, feathers were used for, like, signalling and warmth and a bunch of things. They had indicators. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, then what you need is you need a selective pressure. You need a reason for this to be advantageous to the creature... Like, the way that we um, think that it worked with bats was, like, you know, you start jumping from tree to tree, then you start gliding from tree to tree, then you start flying. So it was probably something like that. Wow. So it was probably, like, these little things were climbing up in trees, maybe hunting bugs or something. Then either maybe they needed to get in between trees to avoid predators, or it's just more efficient to jump from tree to tree rather than climb down and climb back up again. So then they start jumping from tree to tree. Um, and then, um, you know, the ones that can go further in between trees are more successful. They can do this because they can glide and it's like um, the shape of their body is aerodynamic enough that they glide over there. They start gliding further and further. Then one of them start uh, a, like a population. Of Not them. one of them to run. <clears throat> you caught yourself there, didn't you? You said one of them and then you were like, mm, mm, mm. Then they start maybe flapping. And that gives all at the same time, though, because it's never about one. Why are you fighting me on this? I'm not fighting you. I'm bringing Christmas cheer. It's not Christmas cheer to undermine me like this. 
Well, if I sit quietly, you tell me off for looking at a pen. And if I say brilliant, you tell me off for saying brilliant too forcefully. I don't know how to join in with you anymore, Grinchy Claws. You're doing the edit on this one, and I yeah. think you're going to do that, and I think you're going to have a long look at yourself afterwards. Because <laughs> you're not, I, you're not being not. that nice. <laughs> I am. I am. I was simply showing you there that I have learned it's never about the long-necked individual. I guess. It's about stumpy neck group. When you're learning evolution, it's about everyone in the stumpy group. My point being that evolutionarily, evolution kind of finds the easiest, most efficient way to do things, right? Yeah. What's more efficient, adapting an existing arm to be a wing or sprouting a wing from nowhere? Yeah. Adapting the existing yeah. arm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay so reindeer are going to do this with their legs then Mm -hmm. presumably their forelegs god reindeer are going to have to get bipedal horrific that's what i said as well we're going to have to have bipedal reindeer this is very much changing the christmas game isn't it yeah then there's one last thing that um they would need to do before they would be able to fly. Think about a reindeer and think about a bird. (laughs) What's, like, the difference between them? Well, if a bipedal reindeer, the legs, the back legs are going to have to come forward a little bit to steady them. Yeah, it would need a balancing thing. But I think just in general, birds, like, you know, birds are... I'm trying to nudge you into saying this without just saying it myself. Like, They've got hollow bones, they're why much do they lighter. Ha- exactly, much lighter. Reindeer, far too heavy to fly. But, no, don't say that. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, I very nearly just went, uh, dragons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, some of the pterosaurs that existed were huge. Yeah, like, if they had big enough wings, surely they could get going. Yeah. But it would take so much energy, why would that ever be easier? Exactly, that's kind of the thing. The biggest Oh, so if they're going to have to get smaller or lighter, then so's Father Christmas. So he's going to have to be in miniature. Or he's just going to have to have loads of them running, two-legged and (laughs) flapping. I mean, some of the um, some of the pterosaurs that existed. Um, there was one that was like forty feet long. Um, wow. There were some really huge ones. Um, I don't know how much they weighed, though. Um, I mean, this one had a one point five meter long head. That's crazy. Um, maybe maybe reindeer could develop. You know, when you're playing Mario Kart and you get that like parasail. Mm. That helps you. Maybe reindeer could evolve one of those between the, the between their antlers. That would be gliding, though. We're talking about no, true but it, it, that might help with their flight. You know, well, yeah, that might then come into something. Maybe it would start spinning, on they could be a helicopter reindeer. Oh, or like those little tiny schoolboy hats with propellers <laughs> on them, like that, but reindeer styley. Yeah. So I ran the numbers. Um, reindeer, um, an adult male reindeer. Weighs about on the on the upper end of the average scale, one hundred and eighty kilograms. Uh, do you know what that is in stone? I can't picture one hundred and eighty kilograms. Uh, let me find out. 
It is 28 and a half stone. Oh, yeah, that's heavy. Yeah, that is heavy. I've met reindeer in real life and they're so lovely. I don't think you've told this story on the podcast before. Have I not? No, you told it on just films and that, but that's not our podcast. Mm, yeah, no, I live. I had a job when I was younger, working in Finland, working in a Santa's grotto um, for a, about three months or so, and the reindeer were magnificent. The huskies, much smaller than you'd expect them to be. Like, actual dog sled huskies don't look a bit like your like wolf-type husky. They're, like, real small, powerful, stinky wonderful little things and they were so so strong these dogs like they really didn't look like anything particularly special they just looked like working dogs you know and then me and my friend Rosie we're on like a little she sat down in a sled and I'm stood on the back and then so I must have weighed maybe eight stone eight and a half stone we were only allowed and Rosie's probably similar we were only allowed I think two dogs pulling us because anything more than that I would not have been a heavy enough weight on the brake to stop them. And you're like, they're not that much bigger. Like, they were smaller than a collie, I think, to look at. Like, you you know. But they are so powerful. It was amazing. That is cool. But here's a fun Christmas fact, uh, Ron. Uh, um, Male reindeer lose their antlers in the winter. So whenever you see Santa sleigh being pulled by reindeer with big antlers, that's ladies. I knew that, actually. In my reading today, um, I was looking into um, stuff. Apparently, reindeer are, like, the only um, creature like this that the the females regularly do grow antlers. Yeah. Why do the females grow them? Is it to mm, pretend they're not females? I honestly don't know. Um... Because that feels like a lot of energy to grow antlers all the time and carry them round if you're not going to use them for fighting or anything. Or maybe they do they show fertility in female reindeers? It could be. Um, with with stuff like this, what you sometimes get is, um, like, the, the genes to grow the antlers are there um, in... Mm. All creatures, like and like men with nipples, men with nipples, exactly, and and like, um, for example, like you've got within you the genes that you would need to grow a penis. I've got the genes that I would need to grow female stuff if I needed to as well. But what changes is that the chemical signals that turn genes on and off in your development are different. Uh, okay. um, so what it could be is that because it's all in there, some freak mutation has happened to female reindeer, um, and they're now now their antler gene is turned on. So they just mm. it could be a defense. I found thing one as well. article that says that they will sometimes fight with their antlers to defend food patches. Yeah, which is why they retain them through the winter when food is more scarce. And they might have to do more fighting, whereas the men use them to fight for ladies, so they do that in the spring. Yeah. Um, but like, like you say, like it's a lot of effort to grow things like antlers, but when it comes to sexual competition, quite often things being a huge chore are the reason that um, 
they they've they've done it like that like when you see um you know like males of a species with like these huge like huge horns or something that are really impractical what that means is that that male is so fit and strong that despite the fact it's grown this huge Mm. handicap on its head it has still survived to sexual maturity so having babies with that one is good yeah okay that makes sense. Anywho, so I did the research. Um, is that why I fancy the rock so much? Because he's huge. Like he's a millionaire, but he still has loads of time to be in the gym. How do those things not conflate? He's a millionaire, so he's got loads of time. Oh, uh, yeah. So wait. I also don't understand what <laughs> this him being a millionaire and going to the gym has to do with... Because, like, having lots of food and stuff is the animal equivalent of being a millionaire. No, it would be if The Rock was swole, a millionaire, and had, like, a wheelbarrow stuck to his butt. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's nothing dragging him down. No, OK, yeah. Um, I do love The Rock, though. He seems like a nice guy. He does, doesn't he? I don't know. I've never really seen anything with him in. What? Really? Can't think of a film I've seen with him in. Oh. Jumanji's good. Haven't seen it. Moana? Haven't seen it. Run! What? I haven't watched what a Disney film in like your life? five years. You just watch art films, don't you, about black and white people? No, I watch the same three sitcoms that I've seen a hundred <laughs> times. Like a sane person. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, watch Moana. It's really good. I probably won't. Right then. Don't then. Um, so, an adult male reindeer can reach 180 kilograms easily, right? So, I worked out um, that they uh, would need a wingspan of six meters um, mm. to fly at their current six size. Six meters? Hang on. I was thinking feet then. That's like 18 feet. Yeah. Bloody hell, Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, it was quite interesting working that out, actually, because it's all about something called wing load, which is basically about the amount of weight you can get per square metre of wing. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that, that's how you work out how big something's wings would need to be. Hmm. What are you doing? Nothing, I'm just listening. <laughs> it really looks like you were reading something. <laughs> Ron, there's nothing here to read, babe. I've shut all my tabs. Wow. Um, I'll be honest, my right hand is slightly playing with this Kirby grip, but not to an extent that it's distracting me. Lovely. Right. Okay. So, our reindeer need to get small. They also, we need to isolate them. Okay. Why do they need to get small? So that they can, so that they're lighter, so they can fly. But I thought you just worked out how much wing they'd need to fly if they were this size. They would need the biggest wingspan of any flying (laughs) creature ever. I think it's worth it, though. (laughs) But I see what you're saying. It's not practical. No. All right, so we're going to get small. We're going to get small, and we need to isolate them, right? Oh, I know how to get them small. Okay. Um, We need to grow some thick jungle around where they live... So that they can't get through trees easily if they're big. Yeah, that would be one way of doing it, um, especially with the antlers. You know, they. Yeah, be I think small. that's why the giant deer died out. You know that like giant giant yeah, yeah, elk yeah. thing. 
Yeah. Couldn't get through the trees. Yeah. Um, that would be one way to do it. But as I say, we need to isolate them as well. Oh, I see. Yeah. Because if you, like... Um, All right, rising sea levels. Maybe that will cut off a little archipelago in, the, in Lapland. Exactly. So what we're going to do is there is something in evolution called Foster's Rule, right? Uh, Foster's Rule yeah, of Yeah, it does, and Forex ain't bad either. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Crikey, mate. Um, uh, I knew that that kangaroo with a long neck would come back at some point. <laughs> that's a good callback. Um, yeah, so Foster's Rule of Evolution... Um, says that species will get bigger or smaller depending on resource availability, right? Yeah, okay. This is also known as the island effect because things on islands tend to get small. Yeah, and weird, like Madagascar. Isn't like Madagascar's just got a billion lemurs and and nobody was looking and then one day people got to Madagascar and what the fuck's happened here? It's not like anywhere else. I'm not actually sure if the island effect particularly applies to Madagascar because Madagascar is huge. Um... The most... But they do have unique stuff, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily gotten really small because it had oh, I see. hundreds of miles of rainforest before we got our hands on it. So, um, the one of the most famous uh, examples of this is the island of Flores in Indonesia. Oh, I know that was discovered by Escher. Lost me on that one. The island of Flores. Lots of different floors and like an Escher painting. Budum tish. <laughs> Can't all be winners. <laughs> Remember that Australian bit I did. It's back. Merry Christmas, everyone. Laura, we haven't done any of our segments this time. Oh no, no Laura. I forgot. Okay, Ron, what's your favourite thing to burp on Boxing Day? Bubble and squeak. Oh, is that your favourite mm, repercussion? Mine's uh, red cabbage. Um, no, I'm not. Um, I don't enjoy burps. I think they're dirty. Um. <laughs> I referred to a poo earlier as a solid guff. Don't <laughs> <laughs> got quite mad at me. Yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't like really our like poo fart. chat. <laughs> no. no, he doesn't. Um, anyway, the Island of Flaws, it's in Indonesia. It's actually in the same island chain as Komodo. Oh. Yeah. So, and what's really interesting about this place is that there were, um, before the arrival of Homo sapiens, modern humans, um, the species that we are. uh, (laughs) I knew that. I love that you you like, yeah, modern humans. That's us. (laughs) Oh, I'm learning so much today. I thought I was a turtle, but a juicy, funny turtle. Laura, you, you, you didn't know birds came from dinosaurs or, like, bats came from rats. Hey, I don't think the average person knows that bats come from rats. But what else would they come from? They're little flying well, mammals. They say stuff like that, but literally anywhere, probably, couldn't they? Well, no, uh, just apply some thought to it. Yeah, but you're literally telling me now that uh, we're going to turn a reindeer into a frog via putting it on an island, so... We're not turning it into anywhere. a frog. No, but do you know what I mean? No, I don't. <laughs> 
Anyway, um, yeah, so before modern humans got there, it was inhabited by Homo Fren- uh, florensiensis, um, which is literally just like real life hobbits. What? Yeah, they were three and a half feet tall, a meter tall for um, our American listeners. Um, and yeah, they were like just tiny humans that lived on this island. And because they were on the island, their scarce resources, they got really diddy. When did they die out? About 50,000 years ago. Oh, quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, You don't have to be sad about that one. They would be a bit sad. They might have been cute. They had the brain size of about a chimpanzee, so they probably wouldn't have been as smart as us. Okay. Um, But yeah. They're also, on this island, they had pygmy elephants. Side note, it's got nothing to do with this. They don't live in an island. But um, did you know that pygmy hippos are a thing? Yes, I did, actually. And they are stupidly cute. Why did they become pygmy? I don't know. No. Um, is that what I've done to my glasses? Yes, it's very good. You look like a turkey. I stuck post-it notes over them and made them all frilly. Yeah. Um, right. Why does a lack of resources lead to things getting smaller? Um, because you need a smaller body because you need less to energise. Yeah, so, um, not only, uh, so obviously it takes a lot of energy to grow a, a, a big body, but if you just keep growing big bodies and you keep on having that, um, that need for resources, whereas yeah. if you, if the whole population gets smaller, then the whole population needs more food, uh, less food and then has a higher chance of survival. So by becoming smaller, your population has become fitter. Yeah. Yeah. Like me, I'm small. Exactly. I'm going to live longer. Exactly. Um, we've got the stick of starvation and the carrot of food abundance. They're going to make our reindeer small, okay? Yeah, okay. So we're going to take our reindeer and we've thrown them on this island. We'll leave them, uh, you know, a million years. We'll come back, yeah. pygmy reindeer. Yeah. Okay. Pygmy reindeer. But have we made them bipedal yet? No, no, no. That's what we're no, moving on to. we're about to do that. So now we need our reindeer to become bipedal. This frees up their front legs to become wings. Yeah? Yeah. Why do you? What selective pressures do you think we could apply to our reindeer to get them to want to be bipedal? That's a tricky one. That I can't remember why humans went bipedal. Is it was it for speed? Are we faster upright than we were on all fours, or is it the opposite? I can't remember which way round that goes. Um, we might be faster. Funnily, um, hu- walking like a human does is incredibly efficient. Um, oh. But um, I think um, the reason that humans did it is because of the environment so uh, that they were in, which um, I, th- I think I think that the the thinking is that you know you've got like chimps and our last common ancestor with all of these things living in jungles. And in the trees, I think the logic is that Homo sapiens were the ones that, or, or our ancestors were the ones that started going out into the plains. So mm. you're in the plains. Um, you might be in long grass. If you're on all yeah. fours, you can't see anything. And even if you're not in long grass, if you're stood upright, you can see further and spot predators yeah. better. 
So you might want to maybe put their food up high. Yep, that's one of the ones I got. But obviously, you then need a reason for them to go up to get it rather than evolve long necks like giraffes did. Well, I think we might have already solved that one because we have this selective pressure for them to remain small. Oh, that's true, yeah. So they might not want to grow longer necks. It might be more efficient for them to just hop up. And there are some antelope that do this already. Yeah, I was going to say I can picture like things like that up on their hind legs. And like dogs will go up on their hind legs to get things. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not beyond the realms to think that they would. Um, Maybe we want... A bigger lung capacity if they stand upright. Explain. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's just that's one thing I know about humans is that our entire respiration, I know that yeah, but From we're doing degree. birds, babe. We're doing birds. We're, doing, we're not trying to turn reindeers into humans. We're trying to turn them into birds. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was trying to make them into, like, reindeer people. No, okay, so birds. So... So I think I think we can... We, we What we need to do kind of here is connect the dots between them standing like that to just grab some food and them staying like that. Okay, maybe they're trying to eat a nut, right? Sure. But on the floor, there's lots of rats. So if they get the nut out of the tree and put it on the floor, the rats will get it. So they need to eat it while it's also in the tree. So they need to stay upright to eat it out of the tree. I mean, carpet the floor in rats, maybe. like you know when you're playing something like theme hospital and there's like a choice of what do you do next do you fill the place with rats um i'd learn to fly if the whole floor was covered in rats um so i think probably what might be a better thing than a rat carpet um is you might um it persuade them to remain on all four, uh, on bipede or for longer, if there was something that they needed to manipulate with their front legs. Yeah, but they got hooves. What are you going to do with is, a hoof? Now, the hoof, the hoof is... Problematic. Yeah. yeah. I've largely ignored the hoof. Oh, hang on, though. Hang on. With the hoof, though, um, isn't... Ho- hoofs are... It's something like... Because there's two types of hoof, aren't there? And, like, if you've got some deer-type things have that, like, double hoof foot and some have just a solid hoof. Yeah. What causes a... Is it the lighter the animal, the more flexy the hoof is? Probably be to do with the terrain that they're walking on. Yeah, so if we change the terrain, they might get increasingly more flexible hooves that then they can use to get this nut open out of the sight of the rat. <laughs> By Joe, Laura, a, you've done it. Hey, it's let's a find... horrible island that we're creating here. <laughs> let's, um, let's have a look at hoof evolution. Yeah, there's something, I've seen it at the Natural History Museum where there's, a, there's one exhibition where you, you look at the, how the hoof 
moves as it hits the floor, like how pressure goes through it. Yeah. Um, Okay, so it says here... Hooves and long legs help horses run... Because I think horses have the ultimate hard hoof, right? Yeah. So that's what we're trying to avoid. Um, Yeah. Hooves and long legs help horses run further and faster on the open prairie, helping them flee from predators and find fresh grass for grazing. In the forest, where the ground is softer, many horses retained three toes. So we do want a forest. This forest is going to be helping us. A slushy, rat-filled forest. So we we want the forest... Like the ground's bug. covered in rats. That's really soft. Rats are yeah. soft, so that's going yeah. <laughs> to uh, de-incentivize hooves anyway. Um, yeah. So that's good. So we've solved our own problem there. The hooves are going to naturally melt away in a pool of rats. Yeah, they're going to become more toe-like, and then at the point where we're stood up in a tree trying to crack open a, a woodlouse to eat it, the yeah. front hooves are a little bit more dexterous. Oh, hello, Gnocchi. Christmas gnocchi. Gnocchi and turkey. Oh, put her back there. I'm going to try and take another screenshot. Can you hear her purring? No. Gnocchi! Can you hear her now? (laughs) Can you hear her purr? Yes, I can now. Yes. All right, well, that's magic. (laughs) That's one for the socials. Laura, what's your favourite Christmas idea? <laughs> um, it's board games at about 8pm when mum and dad have lost all interest in us being home for Christmas. Yeah, that's when the cool kids hang out. What's yours? My favourite Christmas idea is probably tea towels, meaning shepherds. <laughs> do you think they still do that, or are we a bit more culturally sensitive now? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I've probably gone the other way. You've probably got fucking blackface and stuff happening now. <laughs> oh, the world is a dung heap. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. Right. So we've got just to clarify. Then we've got an island. I think I've got it. Okay. Right. Here's what we. Wait. Do. You didn't have this before we started. You're working this out too. Um. I've got. You know. <laughs> on the road trip that we're going on, I've circled the big cities, but you know we're yeah. filling it in as we go. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um. I think I've got it right. So, rats <laughs> everywhere. As far as the eye can see. It's drowning in rats, okay? The rats are soft. The, de- the deer are walking over the top of them. Yeah. Um, this is de-incentivizing hooves. I didn't consider the hoof earlier. That's the problem. You've always got to consider the hoof, Ron. The trees, you know, the, the little reindeer, a little petite little reindeer have been nibbling on all the low leaves for too long. The trees have gone, fuck this, We're they're going to grow taller. The mm-hmm. little reindeer, they start, like, jumping up a little bit. Then they start being able to stand. Then they start being able to walk on two legs. Yeah. How do we get them to stay on two legs? Bananas. 
<laughs> what, like just peels everywhere so they fall over? No, no, no. I'm saying because like one of the things that you could do to sort of have a selective pressure for them remaining on two legs if they had something to manipulate. So I'm thinking the deer opening bananas and eating those. Maybe the bananas are up in the trees. Crikey. Okay, so are we developing... Is it a warmer climate and is that going to affect our reindeer or are these bananas that develop in a colder climate? Um, I guess we'll have hot reindeer rather than Arctic bananas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or unless can we you both can... start bands? One called hot reindeers and one called Arctic bananas. Um, yeah, I, I like the sound of an Arctic banana. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a banana Sunday split thing, isn't it? Yeah. Banana. Hot reindeer, that's just venison, though. Um, are, there, are there any more applicable fruits or nuts or something that you can think of that would be... Pomegranate. Good? Is that not a tropical thing as well? Yeah, but most good fruit's tropical, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's just apples and pears, really, isn't it? Or blackberries, but there's nothing you'd want to fiddle off on a blackberry, is there? No. Plums, they've got a pretty good stone in them. But you wouldn't need your hands, you'd just need to spit out that stone. Yeah. I think Arctic bananas. Yeah, Arctic bananas have evolved as well, then. Yeah, okay. okay. Episode, Christmas episode three, how do we get Arctic bananas? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that as the harvest episode next year. <laughs> Soon it's just going to be all seasonal apps. <laughs> but I think it works, though, with the seasonal stuff, because schools do seasonal things. Also, I don't think many people are really in this podcast having invested heavily in the sincerity of the premise. I think, I think it's the nonsense. <laughs> OK, right. So now we've got... Petite reindeer walking around on two legs, <laughs> opening bananas, yeah. <laughs> drowning in rats. <laughs> <laughs> Just as nature intended. So now for the, the tricky bit now is getting them to fly. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess now what we need... We really have, haven't actually... Because the journey is how do we get reindeer to fly? We really haven't actually gone that close to flying yet. Well... I think we're nearly there, Ron. So what you said earlier is the ra- they now need a reason to glid between the trees. So now we need a change you in... glid? Yeah, like glided, they glid. Glowed. Glided? Glowed. They glowed. They glowed. So now we need to make the forest less dense again because <laughs> we need gaps between the trees. So we either need the forest to get less dense or we need it to get sparser as it gets up, you know? So we need maybe trees that are very Conical, thick down. Yeah, Christmas trees. Yes, Ron, but with bananas on them. Arctic so, banana Christmas trees. Yeah, so now when the bananas are getting higher and higher and as the reindeer get up and up, they've either got to go all the way back down the cone, back in the rat pool and across and up another one, or they've got to glide between the tops of the cones. Yes, I think you're perfectly correct. I So, um, <laughs> I... Yeah, I have no notes, to be honest. <laughs> Think you've done a hole in one. Um, I looked into the evolution of bats 
for this. Um, and um, uh, is uh, not lots is known about uh, the evolution of bats or how they came about. I think maybe the fossil record must be a bit shit because it seems like um, people don't really know. Um, oh my god! My second clangingly stupid thought of the day. Just so you know, I don't say every stupid thought that comes into my head, but my, my brain then went because they're in the sky. <laughs> fewer fossils. <laughs> oh my god! You wow. fucking dense individual. <laughs> sky fossils. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Here's a crazy fact. You know, a quarter of all mammal species are bats. What? Nucky, don't scratch your head on the microphone, you dum-dum. You're so unprofessional. You okay? Is it because I'm half an hour late feeding you? Yes, it is. (laughs) Now I'm recording a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, Nucky, you watch. Next week we're going to make it so that you can swim. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's on the keyboard. She's cute on the keyboard. She's cute everywhere. Um, Yeah, right. So bats evolved from small arboreal mammals that started out with webbed feet and then webbed limbs for gliding, then actual flight. Yeah. Yeah. You know what arboreal means? Trees? Trees. Yeah, like an arboretum. Yeah, I've got a board game called Arboretum. Well, it's not a board game, it's a little card game, but it's quite cute. That's how I knew you'd know that word. Mm. So the carrot stick here, like we've already discussed, is about getting from tree to tree without going down. Might be avoiding predators by doing that, but definitely... Are you avoiding a predator? What were you doing there? Scratching my ankle. Yucky. Uh. Desist. Thank you. Um, Yeah, definitely saving energy and time, Okay. Yes. So, yeah, we've already nailed that. They're climbing the Christmas Arctic bananas trees. They're avoiding the rat... Rat soup. Yeah, the rat litter everywhere. Now... So it's yeah. So they'll they'll start they'll start jumping, then they'll start gliding. I think the thing that we're missing from our reindeer equation here is how do we get them to then just. Stay in the sky, you know? <laughs> because well, I think bats probably had the selective, the extra selective pressure of maybe like hunting small insects and stuff. Oh, oh, I've got it, Ron. Go on. Well, we put them on an island, didn't we? We did. Now, now something about this island makes it like a salmon situation where it's the only place that they can breed. Well, it's the only place that they are. Yeah. But now they've got wings and they've gone up to the top of the cones. And what's that just across the water? Another island with three times as good food. So they've got to fly across the water to get to that food and fly back. Well, the thing is, though, how would they know about the good food? Um, advertising? <laughs> because I think that's putting the cart oh, before listen, the horse. Oh, the air coming off that sock. Made a windmill out my sock. Yeah. Okay. Because I think maybe I think, I think maybe. you're right. That isn't like that would help. And like, but once they can fly, a population would go there and then explode, basically. 
Like, Maybe the rats start getting angry about all the banana peels being dropped on their heads and they start biting. And then the reindeer are like, do you know what? It's lovely being up here without being bitten by rats. That is what I was thinking, yeah. I think because they don't have the predation thing pushing them into uh, extended flight, escaping predators is probably the way. Because um, I, I wanted to sort of make this point earlier, but obviously the reindeer aren't the only thing that are evolving. Um, Shit. The Arctic bananas, the whole time, will be evolving to avoid being eaten by reindeer. The rats will constantly be evolving to avoid being trodden on by reindeer. So, yeah, maybe the rats start climbing the trees and chasing the reindeer out of them. I think they can't have been rats then because the rats must have been climbing the trees before the reindeer. That's rat, That's just rat 101 up a tree. Oh, then maybe they've just always been doing it. Yeah, but then why would the reindeer have gone up? Maybe they're not The reindeer rats. went up there to get the Arctic Maybe they're hedgehogs. Yeah, hedgehogs. But, but no, no, it's fine if the rats were always there. It just means that the, the reindeer that go up there, they have a certain mortality rate that flying is then a selective pressure of uh, getting away from. Well, I don't know, because the rats were the reason they stood up. The rats can... The rats are multifaceted. And... Yeah, but if the rats are in the trees, then the reindeer's got no reason to stay up anymore. Yeah, no, but the rats can be in the trees and on the floor. It's a rat carpet. There's hundreds of them. Yeah, but the rats would still be able to get to the nut as you open it when you're bipedal. Not if you're standing away from the trees, because <laughs> the trees are cones... Yeah. So if I'm stood next to it, I'm out of the bottom bit that's all connecting, Yeah. halfway up the cone, eating my Arctic banana, away from the rats. What, so you're just leaning out of the cone into the airspace in between? No, because I'm stood on the floor in between two trees, eating my banana but away from But we made it dense to get them small. I think it's denser than that, Ron. We don't necessarily need it to be dense if they're on an island, because that was forcing things to be small as well. Oh, yeah, okay. I really want someone to animate this for us. <laughs> I want to see a cartoon of everything these reindeer are going through. Yeah, and then if the rats force them out the trees, we have flying reindeer. And then I guess at some point they're going to have to discover capitalism, which is why they go to work for Santa? I think Santa has discovered capitalism and he harvests national or tyranny. resources. Yeah. And he's kidnapping them. Yeah, I think so. What a festive note to end on. Yeah, the exploitation. <laughs> <laughs> think how many he'd need, though. It'd be like James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. Oh. Laura, to finish up our Christmas series... Yep. What's your favourite... Christmas. Uh, this one, because I'm spending it with you. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. We hope you've had a cracking time and um, we wish you lots of love and peace and quiet and nice things and you're the best. And we'll see you in the new year when we have to go back to proper work, don't we, Ron? Yeah, we do. We do. We'll be diving back into physics? Chemistry. Chemistry. Yeah. Man, I wish it was more biology. But it's not. It's chemistry. We will be going back in with... Mmm... Moles. 
Oh, a teaser. We don't usually do that. Well, I just flipped my page to look at the notes to see what it was. (laughs) (laughs) It's that episode where you inexplicably made me write with a pencil for a little while and I've written, I hate Ron. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, uh, catch us on Lawmen. That yes. should be out around this time. Yes. If you're Discussing not sick of us. the meat dragon of Norton Fitzwarren. Teasing the meat dragon with Alistair Beckett King and James Shakeshaft. We had a lovely time doing that. We did. Yeah, but mainly take care of yourselves and we'll see you again next week. We love you so much, Lab Rats. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We didn't say that at Christmas. All right, say Christmas dismissed. Class Christmas. <laughs>